capturing the world. What's up everyone? This is David Carmichael II and this is episode 39 of the Caption the World podcast and I'm your host and I um, want to give a special shout out to all of our Spotify listeners and all of our Apple podcast listeners. Um, thank y'all for rocking with us and um, if you know anybody that wants to listen to the show, just go ahead and spread the word and make sure you leave a review and um, let us know what you think. Um, but we have another great special guest. Uh, her name is Catherine Storing. Um, she's doing a lot of amazing things right now. Um, she is an expert content monetization strategist, writer's coach, business consultant, professional certified life coach, certified Christian mentor, two times TED keynote speaker. Um, she's a best-selling author. Um, she lives in the greater Boston area, and she's also a foodie. Um, how are you doing today, Catherine? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. So exciting. Yes, I'm very excited too. Um, so yeah, so how are you doing today? How has your weekend been so far? Weekend is good. It's nice to have, at least for today, it's a long weekend, but you know, these days, every weekend is a long weekend. <laughs> yeah, most definitely, especially, um, you know, we got this pandemic going on, but you know, they they're starting to open up um, some things. I don't know how Boston is up there, but um, a couple of places in Virginia they're starting to open up the beaches and certain restaurants and stuff like that. So it seems like they're trying to, um, you know, take things back to normal. But you know, it's been a lot of concern with cases been rising in certain places around the country that they've been you know um, opening up spots. So I don't know. Just want everybody to be safe out there. Yeah, for sure. They are. There's another wave of opening tomorrow, but I'm not. I, like, I didn't go to church today. I watch online, and I'm going to stay right here. People are really antsy to go out, but I see the waves, and it's a very close city to me that has one of the highest numbers in the state, so I'm staying clear of that. There's no rush, and when you're an entrepreneur and you work from home, you know, it's. I have everything I need right here. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Um. I mean, I'm the same way because, you know, I do podcasts and I also um, have a job and, you know, I'm still working, but they're doing a lot of different safety precautions. Like they're, um, they're scanning, like they have a little thermometer thing. They can scan your forehead and I guess let you know what your temperature is before you, you know, got to walk into the building. So if your temperature is too high, then they're going to ask you to, um, you know, you can't come to work. So, and they're doing stuff like that to kind of, still keep everyone safe i guess but but yeah it's just a real crazy time right now absolutely i don't know what the temperature has to do with that but i know many places <laughs> right. are doing that because some people are symptomatic so they might have no temperature at all and you know be infected so who knows right yeah who knows it seems like a lot of people like we're kind of going day by day on this and um you know it seems like we all don't really know what what's really going on first they were saying you know it's um you can spread it by having too many people in one spot and 
if you're touching certain things, you can get it from that. I don't know what to believe now, but I'm just going to try to stay as safe as possible. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, um, so about you, um, I just read like all these amazing things that you're doing. Um, I guess we can touch on each one of these, um, you know, that you do. You can kind of just give a more of a, of a description of what you do. Um, but before we talk about that, um, so what, what is your background and what made you kind of want to get into the things that you do now as far as, you know, where you went to school and what made you become interested in the things you do right now? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Thank you so much. I, it's funny, going to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. So I did literature because I like reading and writing. So I did that just to get college out of the way. And then I went into like, I don't know if you remember newspapers back in the day, people used to look at find jobs in the newspaper. I don't think they do that anymore. Right, and right. I would just go to the general section and just look for any job in customer service, anything that was general, right? Mm -hmm. And I got into banking and I did a whole bunch of customer service stuff. And I was always okay for like a year or so, but very soon, inevitably, I would just get bored. I would just get antsy and I would just have to leave because it was not fulfilling after. Once I mastered the position, it was time to go. And that continued to happen. And then when I had my daughter, um, in 2004, it was like, okay, like right before that, I was like, I need to work for myself. I had the bug. I know that I couldn't do corporate anymore. Right. And um, I started, I started my first business ever. And I was a personal stylist and I love fashion. <laughs> I love like everything that has to do with fabric and style and, and just everything, style and confidence. And I had different businesses, but it never quite, every time I tried something, it just felt, I got closer. I got closer, but I still had jobs. And it was not until four years ago that I was able to go full-time on my business. And I'm doing the thing. Like, you know, I'm 44. I just turned 44 uh, a couple of days ago. Okay, happy and, belated birthday. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, hopefully anybody listening, if you don't know what you're doing yet, can I just tell you right now? It's never too late because never. I'm not saying 44 is old, but it's a it's real not. number. You know? Right, exactly. And um, I feel that this is it. Like, I, I, I am confident that what I'm doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm excited. I get invigorated every time I talk about it. And it took me a minute to get to the point to say, okay, I'm an expert at this. I've been doing this thing in different capacities, but never at the level that I'm doing it now. So sometimes we want things really quickly, but we're not, we don't even have the maturity to even understand or even appreciate who we are or who we're becoming. So I can say that it took a long time, but at the same time, it didn't to get to the point where I say I can use my expertise to help other experts, but I had to embrace the fact that I am an expert. Right. No doubt, man. That's amazing. Cause, um, yeah, cause I, I listen to, um, I listen to a lot of people as far as, you know, um, entrepreneurship and things like that. And one of the people I do listen to is Gary V. And, um, you know, he talks a lot about, you know, not worrying what other people are doing in regards to what you want to do. So when you was mentioning, um, you know, how you're 44 and someone that, that might be 44 as well, might be thinking it's too late to do whatever they want to do at the moment. And, um, you know, one thing Gary V would say, you know, it's never too late. You know, 
we got to start putting putting benchmarks on our goals. You know what I'm saying? Because if you do that, it might make you more stressed out and maybe more, you know, more even not even, you know, being able to do what you want to do, you know, because you're so focused on doing it at a certain time. And then if it doesn't work out during that time, you're going to be even more stressed, you know. So, you know, just taking things day by day and just knowing that every day that you're alive, it's another chance for you to do what you want. That's all that matters, you know. So that's awesome that you be able to do all these things. Yeah, and, and it, it's funny how you say that. There's one saying that um, they tell NASCAR drivers to never focus on the wall because what right. you focus on, you move closer to. So if they're focused on, I don't want to hit the wall, I don't want to hit the wall, and they keep looking at the wall, what happens inevitably is that they hit the wall, right? Mm -hmm. So if you keep thinking about, I, I need to figure this stuff out, I'm old, I'm getting older, um, I'm, I'm about to miss it, well, you're wasting precious time. Like, I love people that are having third, fourth, and fifth acts. This is just my second act, you know? And the fact that it happened when I was older in life, I can appreciate it more. I'm definitely committed. And I have a lot of experience. So now I can bring everything I've done in college, everything I did in corporate America, everything I did in my first business, in my second business, in my third business. And now at this mature age of 44, right? right I can say, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. I'm pretty happy with it. If you're not, that's cool. But I kind of like it and it's cool, right? So it's getting to that maturity place of, I know who I am. And every day, I'm not going to lie, it gets better. But you get more comfortable with, this is who I am. Right. And I don't need you, I don't need you to approve it or like it or not like it. This is it. And it's good either way. Yeah, no doubt, man. And, you know, what you were just saying, trying to, Listening what other people are, are saying, you know, can can hurt you. I mean, you want to you want to be able to know who to listen to, who not to listen to. And you just got to be able to rationalize and know what's the right advice and what's not the right advice. You know, and, you know, because if you pay too much attention to what other people want for you, you're not going to ever be able to figure out what you really want. You know, so it's all about balance and knowing what's right for you, what's not right for you, you know, Um but yeah, it's a lot of amazing things that you're doing. So one of the first things I wanted to ask you about, um, you said you are a best-selling author. Um, I saw that you have a book called 10-Step Formula to Teach Your Easy. Um, kind of give us a little bit, you know, description about that without, you know, telling us about the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's my baby, okay? That's uh -huh. the that's the one that I had to push the hardest. That's my latest book. I'm so proud of that book. That is my process. That is me in a book. If I were to jump out of the skin, that, that would be it. That's the process that I use to teach other people like me that have a process, that have a system, and trying to figure out how do I teach this to other people I use. And I basically broke it down in plain English. So people don't have to have a PhD. They don't have to have gone to college to get it. It is the easiest, plainest way that I could say, this is how you leverage your expertise. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so where, where can we get this book? Where can we find this book at? So this book is on my website, CatherineStorin.com, or they can go to Amazon, they can go to Barnes & Noble, anywhere that there are books 
they can purchase a copy, a digital, the digital copies and the audio book is only on my website, but any um, a Kindle or a paperback is on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble. No doubt. I, I definitely got to check it out for myself because I'm, you know, I have a lot of books and I want to, um, you know, I started reading a couple of them, but certain times I, I kind of can um, not be disciplined and I'll read a book for a little bit and I set it down. I, you know, I don't go back to it for a while. But yeah, I definitely want to check yours out and see um, what it has to say in there. Absolutely. I'll be more than happy to send you one. Thank you so much for having me. And I can send you one for your readers. So if you ever, I don't know if you ever do, ever, ever do giveaways or have a friend, mm-hmm. I'm more than happy to send you a couple copies. Oh, most definitely. Thank you so much. Yes. And um, if you didn't know, like this podcast is like a spinoff of my clothing line. And the clothing line is called Capture the World. And, um, you know, I just want to do a, do a podcast about entrepreneurship and people that's, that's doing amazing things around the world. And um, so, yeah, I can definitely send you a care package from my brand. You know, we can kind of exchange gifts from our businesses. So that would be great. Oh, that would be so cool. Thank <laughs> you. And you know I love fashion, so that's pretty cool. Exactly. <laughs> and I was, I was thinking about that as soon as you said that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. Um, and another thing, I've seen that you are um a keynote a keynote speaker and um you mentioned uh ted talk and i've seen that before well, i guess is where people come and speak about certain things what exactly is that though oh my goodness so tedx is amazing they are if you're an, if, if your audience is they're entrepreneurs they're gonna love tedx so tedx um it's a huge honor to be able to participate and be invited and it was a huge dream of mine to be able to speak on the TEDx platform, to be on the, the big circle, the red circle. And you have to be invited and you have to talk about what they say you can talk about. They give you anywhere between 10 minutes and 18 minutes. Uh-huh. The first time they gave me 10 minutes. The second time they gave me 12 minutes. They give you a general topic. But then you can take any spin you want. So, for example, the first time I talk, they... The first time that I talked, they said, okay, you have to talk about pauses, like taking a pause. Right. And I'm like, okay, how do I spin that in um, talking about confidence and style and stuff? You know, that's when I had that business. Uh-huh. And um, I said, great. So I talked about um, taking a pause to embrace your beauty, like slowing down enough to embrace your inner beauty. Right. And that's how many people do it like they give you a topic and you have to adhere to that topic but you have to how do you how you flip it so it's on your brand and um it's so powerful so scary by the way Mm -hmm. i was so scared because it's global right once uh once you do it it's on the tedx website hopefully we get chosen mine is and um i told everybody that i was gonna do this it's uh-huh. a big deal <laughs> and then the day got, came and i was freaking out i didn't have time to practice because a friend was in the hospital and i was with her in the hospital all these things happened so i couldn't rehearse i couldn't memorize my my speech and you only have 10 minutes you can be under but you cannot be over right oh my god i'm there i'm rehearsing a couple hours before the, the taping and i don't have it I go up there. Oh my. I don't have it. <laughs> wow. I don't have it. I told all these people they have the live stream uh, link, so they're going to watch me flop, right? It's a pretty scary moment where, and I'm a speaker already. So, like, I'm known for being a speaker. It's supposed to be easier, but there's something about, and I'll never forget this, something about taking on the magnitude of the size of TEDx. Like, I took it upon myself 
to put so much pressure on because of the platform. Uh-huh. And sometimes we do that. I'm going to do something and no, nobody's going to do, going to see it right away. There's a potential, right? right? But at that moment, only the people in the room and people that have the, the link can watch it. But to me, it was like, this is going to be on forever. Oh my God. And I think in life, we do that a lot. We think of huge numbers or huge things that really are not happening at that moment. Um, so I had to coach myself through it and I'm like, okay, I gotta yell at myself a little bit, get, you know, get a grip. Right. Don't miss this because I knew when you're nervous and you do something, you don't really concentrate. You don't really get to be in the moment. And I didn't want to miss it. And the whole topic was pause. So they mic me up. I'm shaking like a leaf. I'm behind uh, the curtain. They're about to call my name. I hear them reading my bio. And then I'm like, okay, get a grip. You you have been dreaming about this for a long time. It's finally happening. Have fun. Right. It's like, okay. So like I gave myself that order. Have fun. Right. And if you watch the video, I walk up, I walk on walked up on stage and everything is peach black. You know, there's only light on the studio. So I had to let my eyes adjust and it just, everything worked out. Everything always works out. So I'm looking at the, at the audience and I gave myself enough time to let my eyes adjust to the dark. So it looks like I'm pausing, which is awesome. Uh-huh. And then a couple of times I kind of had to wait for my speech to come back to me. So instead of freaking out, instead of talking, I just... I went quiet within myself and I would move from place to place. And it really, it just looked like I, I planned it, which I didn't, but it looked like I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it worked out amazingly. Um, but it was a great lesson for me to understand that we have a lot of power. We can decide, calm down, be present. It's not a big of a deal as you think it is. Enjoy the moment because that moment, I can never take it back. It's it's already gone. And I'm glad that I don't know how I was able to coach myself through it and really enjoy the process because now I have that video and I have that memory and I know that I can do big things. No doubt. That's, that's awesome. How, um, where, where was this, this talk at and where, how many people do you think was in the audience during that day? So that was, uh, uh, Bridgewater state university in Massachusetts. Okay. And because it was at a university, and depending on the, so they have to be licensed by TED. And it's okay. like a very regular, so they're very specific about everything. So they can only have 100 people in the room. Mm-hmm. So there were 100 people in the room. So you can only invite a certain number of people. They give a number of tickets. And then there were there was a live stream. But even the live stream was not published or anything. Like you could share the link with people. And um, it happened late February, like, like, yeah, late February, 2016. Okay. That's great. And you say you did it how many times? You did it twice? So that was the first time I did it. Okay. And then I felt like I wanted to do it again. So two years later, I applied and I got accepted and I was able to speak again in Massachusetts, close to New York. And, um, that was not a school, but it was like the town put it up. And that one was about how, do you embrace community? Like how community changes us? And then, I, and then again, I had to think outside the box and that had more people okay. that I had, I think they had to be like 500, 600 people Ooh, or something. Yeah, that's a big difference from the first time. 
big difference, <laughs> big difference. Yeah, it was it was equally awesome. It was very different. Uh, and that one, they made me had slides, and I don't really like slides, so that was different. But it still, it came out pretty good. That's awesome. That's that's very very great. Cause I'm not really a a public speaker. I feel like I can kind of get myself out of that. Like if I, if I know I gotta talk to people, you know, I'm um originally like quiet, but I, I have ways of being being able to like get me out of that out of that mode and being able to open up and talk to people. But I just couldn't imagine talking to like five hundred. 600 people you know but like you said you know sometimes we make up certain scenarios that's not really true you know we just got to make ourselves believe that whatever we think is going to happen it's not you know you want to have the best outcome so um that's awesome uh, how long have you been like, doing public speaking and where else have you spoken i started in 2014 mm-hmm. i just decided and the funny thing is that you were saying that you're kind of quiet i'm an introvert yeah and i saw that yeah I- I love that this right here happening. I'm good. I'm so good. <laughs> right. It's not even funny. Same. I'm not affected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. So um, I had to push myself out of my comfort zone to do these things. I, I've spoken, I think, in front of uh, at least 750 people before the first time I did it. And it was, I got hooked. It was amazing. They gave me like two and a half minutes. And I left there and I was like, I got to do this. So I began to book myself. I just decided I'm a speaker now. I did it. You know, it went well. I'm a speaker now. And um, I began to book myself at public libraries. Many libraries okay. have many groups and they're always looking for speakers. And I needed a place where I wouldn't feel the pressure of getting paid. Sometimes I did pay me actually, but not most of the time. Uh-huh. So I needed a place where I can practice my material. I can practice different signature talks and I could get feedback. So um, the first time I went to a networking event, I, I said, okay, if somebody asks me what I do, I'm going to say that I'm a speaker and I'm going to ask them if they know of any places where they're looking for speakers. Sure enough, I went to this event and this lady, first lady I asked, she's like, oh, so what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a professional speaker. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I said, do you know of any places that I'm looking for speakers? And I just... Like even as an introvert and asking for a favor to someone that I just met, it was so out of my comfort zone. But once we make a decision, and that's what I, I hate to be so kind of like preachy, but I get I get Absolutely. excited about these things. Yeah. Once you make a decision, the decision has to be backed up by steps. Uh-huh. It's so simple to say, I want this. It's like, oh, I want to be fit in 2020, but then you're eating cakes all the time. So the decisions are moving you away from your goal and your desire. So once I said, I want to be a speaker, the first step is to speak because speakers speak. Right. So make that decision. And that meant I'm going to be uncomfortable. And I always say, no babies or puppies have died because you have been uncomfortable. It's totally okay to be uncomfortable. It's actually best for our personal and spiritual growth for us to be uncomfortable. So making that decision, best decision, because then I opened so many doors for me. Um, the way that I that I did TEDx was because somebody saw me speak and you have to be recommended. I knew nothing about it, but it was on my dream, on my, on my list of things to do one day. I, I said that October, 2015, I wrote it down and I said, the first next time I go to an event, if they offer 
um, if somebody wants to speak, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first one. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, there was a mixed up at this huge conference, and they half the people, more than half the people, didn't show up because they gave us the wrong dates to have. Right. And the guy said, "Okay, it's gonna be an intimate event. Anybody wants to speak before he even finished the question, I was speaking. I, I was raising my hand. I spoke. There was somebody in the audience that was sitting behind me." And um, he said, oh, you did a great job. That was awesome. And then I asked him, oh, thank you so much. What do you do? And he's like, I'm a TEDx speaker coach. I was like, oh, wow. What? <laughs> and that's how I got connected with the first talk. He was speaking. And guess what? When he got selected, they said, hey, we're looking for diverse speaking women. Do you mm. know any? And that was right after he met me. So he sent me a message and he's like, hey, they're looking for diverse women. Well, I'm a woman. I'm diverse, right? Right, so, exactly. And he knew about me. So sometimes it's about the words that we say have power. You have to declare what is it that I want? Because sometimes that's the biggest step. We think that if we don't say it, if we just think it, it's enough. You actually have to say it and say it as often as you can because you never know who's listening. You never know who knows somebody. And that's how pretty much everything has happened for me. I know something, I know someone, or I know someone that knows someone. And that opens doors for me that I can never open for myself. Yeah, no doubt. And I like what you said about... Um you know, um, speaking things into existence and, you know, as far as you being uncomfortable, it's okay to be uncomfortable because, you know, we don't, we will, we will never grow if we don't, um, be uncomfortable, you know, cause if you're always comfortable and always complacent and just used to things being how they are at the moment, you would never even grow to become a better person or, even find new skills on new, you know, it is just to grow as a person overall. And sometimes being in an uncomfortable position would give you no choice but to execute on whatever goal you were looking looking to accomplish. So, you know, and um and sometimes God will put us in uncomfortable positions on purpose to see how you know what we're gonna do as a test, you know. And um he just wants us to see how we're gonna to react to it. And but yeah, so I can definitely relate to that and I definitely agree. Right. It's more like what they say, like if you want to if you want to boil a um, what did it say, a, um, a frog, you boil them up all at once. You put them in cold water and you raise the temperature little by little. Yeah. And that has, that's how sometimes we get in situations like for me, I didn't quit my job until I was about to turn 40. But mm -hmm. I wanted to quit my job since 20, like how many years was it? 17 years before that. 17 years saying I'm going to quit my job, 17 years going to conference after conference, writing it down, saying I'm going to quit my job, hating every day that I was there, right. hating uh, Sunday because Monday was coming. Then I was hating Saturday because Sunday was coming and after Sunday was Monday. <laughs> right. And then I realized this is not working. Mm -hmm. But I was so comfortable because the pay was good. The benefits were amazing. I had nine weeks big pay vacation. I had no commute. I was making six figures. But, but it, I was paying a high price. So I wonder how many times we think it's not that bad when in reality it's killing us. Because I remember I was like in 2015, in 2016, wait a minute, I'm going to be 40. 
And it was not like I said it was a bad number or uh, that I was old, but it was a real number to me. Like, how long have I been saying that I want to quit this job? I have a responsibility to the people that I want to teach. If I hadn't quit then, all the books that I have written wouldn't be here today. Because every book got me closer to my last book, the Teacher Easy book. Yeah. It couldn't happen by itself or overnight. I had to go through a process. And that process meant that I had to have the time to write book after book after book, to have experience after experience, so I can actually learn what I was about to teach. So being an expert is not all fun and games. It's, you know what they say, with great power comes great responsibility. So I have a responsibility as you have a responsibility. You have some amazing gifts and talents. And it's not just for you. Mm -hmm. They're on land for you, okay? You are borrowing those gifts. Eventually, you're going to have to give account to how you use those gifts and talents. And the, imagine the people that are waiting for you to get your act together. Imagine the people that are saying, okay, when is Catherine going to write that book, okay? And now that I wrote that book, when is Catherine going to tell me about this book? I always tell people, I was reaching out to these YouTubers that I like, they're a couple, and they did an amazing video, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's awesome. I had a question about this. I pray about it. Thank you so much. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we have some resources, and we have a course. I was like, I've been watching you guys for like two years. What uh, do you mean that it's a course? Right. They didn't do a great job at telling people that they had a resource that could help people like me, that could help their audience. So many times as entrepreneurs, we get this funny feeling that selling is yucky or like you are like a, a used car salesman. Selling is someone that offers a solution to someone that is willing to pay for said solution. That's right. it. It's not more complicated than that. So when we get clear on what we're doing, that we're not selling, we are actually solving a problem. Yeah. Then we stop being afraid of selling. And then we open our mouths and say, I have a solution. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, definitely agree with that, man. Um, so I meant to ask you this um earlier and um once we were talking um you say you're from the caribbean um exactly what country are you from i am from dominican republic okay I'm born and raised i guess i'm from here now because i lived here longer than i lived anywhere else but the accent that's that's where it's that's what it comes from okay that's awesome so how um i've always wanted to go visit the dominican republic like places even like puerto rico and Jamaica and that's you know different islands down there how can you best describe um you know where you're from hmm. that's that's a that's a good and a, and, and a very tough question because I'm biased <laughs> and because I think I always knew that I was gonna leave I was gonna leave one way or another right when you were very at least when I was growing up this is my experience I love my island I love being a Caribbean woman I have no issues with that there are many great things about it. But when you are independent woman yeah. and you have opinions about having opinions, it can be a little tough to be from a small island. And um, I always knew, I always said very young, I'm going to go to America. I am going to learn English. I'm going to marry an American. I'm going to go to college there. And I'm going to do my life there. Because I just knew here what a lot of people take for granted here. If you want to work here, you can work. There are doctors, engineers, and attorneys that don't have jobs back back there because right. there's not enough jobs. So here, you can have a job. You can have any job 
if you want to work and you can be anything you want. And I always watched that when I was growing up in the movies and it's true. If you decide that you want to be something here, you can. Ain't nobody going to get in your way and say you can't. Um, and even if they do, you can just put, put on your big girl pants on your uh, big boy pants and do it. Right. And that's exactly what has happened for me. Like I knew I wanted to have be my own boss, um, have my own business, write books. I've done that. I've done that many times over. I want to be a speaker. I became a speaker. I wanted to go to college here. I went to college here. I wanted to learn the language. I learned the language. So there it's like paradise. If you have money is paradise. I mean, I, I've been all over the, the world. I've never seen a beach like the ones in the DR. The beaches in the DR are clear. You can see the bottom, mm -hmm. the sand. It's amazing. It's white. Um, the people are warm, um, but without money, the opportunities are not there. Right. So if you have money, best place to be. Okay. The food is amazing. The music is to die for. Um, but for me, it was a, a bit stifling and um, I get the, both, the best of both worlds because I get to visit, but I get to live here. Right. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Um, so I think the only... I guess they considered the Bahamas Caribbean. I maybe or maybe not. Um, but I did get a chance to visit the Bahamas and um yeah, like the water's clear, it's just so beautiful. But um it makes sense to what how you said, um, you know, it's it's probably not a lot of opportunity because I guess it's a smaller island and even if you are, you know, maybe went to school or got the education to get a certain job, it's not enough positions open. And I can imagine how hard that can be for someone living there trying to make a life for themselves. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, living in America, it's a lot of opportunity to be what you want to be, you know, because we just, this is so much of a big country that you can go wherever you want to go. Um, but you yeah. Can do so much. I mean, is just it? think about libraries. Yeah. Think about libraries. You can, you can check out any book you want to, you can listen to audiobooks. Like that's, that, that's free. You don't even have to pay for Audible. Although I do pay for Audible. I think Audible is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but you can, you can listen to audiobooks for free with your library card and it costs you zero dollars and zero cents. There yeah. are so many classes online. You can spend hours on YouTube and learn something for free. Like, just yes. think about that. I've learned a lot from YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and whenever people ask me something, I'm like, what do you think I do when you ask me a question? I go ask my first cousin, Google and YouTube. That's what I do. Yes. All the time. Right. I just go, I just go ask them. It's not like I know everything. I just know how to search, you know? So there's so many dreams that people have. And sometimes we overcomplicate things. Oh, I'm going to have to have all this money and have all these, know all these, all these people. Just get the first step. Get the first step. And then, you know, you'll figure out the rest as you go. But it's so much harder to say I want to be some something or go somewhere while you're sitting down, when you're not taking the first step. Like you have to say, I'm going to go somewhere, but find out how far it is. Find out how much apartments cost. Find out uh, what job you can have. Find out who you know that lives there. Um, so many things that you can do while you get there. Like get a shirt that says that name, like print out the the um, the map of that of that um of that island of that country or that city or that state so right. you can always be looking at that there's something about surrounding yourself with what you want now our minds are powerful and we have to unlock our minds so we can make 
like not make an event of what we want. I remember when I wanted to quit my job, I made it like such a big thing, like uh-huh. such a big thing. Right. And when he came down to it, it wasn't like I, I could, I could wait, waste a lot of time complaining and saying, Oh my God, I should have done it earlier. But it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And quitting. Now, after quitting, it is hard. They, you're going to be tested. There are going to be days that are like it's not for the faint of heart. Working for yourself, it, I'm not watching TV, you know. I'm not like fooling around like when I had a job, like going to the internet. Like I always yeah. tell people, my 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 boss, she's a slave driver. Like that <laughs> girl has me working all the time. Right. But that's because I know what I'm building. And, and, and you have to be willing to work that hard for yourself, for your dream, for your future. Yeah, most definitely. And um, I like how you mentioned, you know, when you was turning 40 on, you know, how I, I don't think you said you was really thinking about, um, wow, I'm 40. I haven't got to where I want to get to yet. But, you know, I, I'm 29 and, you know, I'll be 30 in October. And, you know, um, I have a nonprofit and I have my clothing line and I do podcasting, of course. And, you know, I have my job and I make good money. And, you know, certain days, probably more often than what I what I think, you know, I think about, man, I wonder when, when, when will be the day that I can quit my job and just work for myself, you know. Um, and then sometimes I would every now and then I would think, you know, I'm turning 30 you know, I got to hurry up and rush to get to whatever goal I want to get to and maybe to quit my job and work for myself. But at the same time, you know, you got to be it has to be the right time. And how you were saying about your books, how you wrote so many books before you wrote the last book. And if you maybe if you would have just hurry up and quit your job earlier, you wouldn't have had maybe your last book would have been as good because, you know, what I'm saying things just happen for a reason. You You just never know why. Some things are taking longer than what you wanted to. And that's probably what God wants you to do is to be patient. Patience is a virtue. And yeah, you just can't rush things. Because sometimes if you rush things, man, it's not going to work out how you thought, you know. So That's exactly. That's exactly it. Because I kept wanting to leave my job and I just didn't have, I didn't have permission. I didn't have permission. I knew that I didn't have permission. So I didn't dare quit. And uh, my job, I have to deal with numbers a lot. And I... I would, re- I would just drag my feet. I would hate every moment of it. I would procrastinate doing those reports and, and knowing really numbers because I believe the lie that math is boring, that math is hard. And it's a lie. It's yeah. a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And when I got serious about quitting my job, I'm like, okay, God, I, I, I need to quit this job, okay? Um, I need you to help me quit this job. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do, but I, I need to leave because it just got really bad. Mm-hmm. And um, I surrendered. And I decided to do the best job I could do when I was there. And I decided that math was not hard, that I was going to learn it. Now, I was at the job for four years. making. I When I left, I got promoted. I, I, I just made it to over six figures. And I told you I had nine weeks paid vacation. And mm. I worked like 10 minutes from the place. It was very flexible, um, but it had a lot of responsibility. Right. Don't you know that when I surrender, math become fun for me. I became better at my job. I was doing more with less time. And I just, my, another world opened up to me. Now, I get to use math in my business. 
because I'm I'm the owner of my business. Right. And he wouldn't let God would not let me quit that job until that job taught me what I needed for my own business. Look at that. Mm. So when I, I decided I'm gonna fast for 30 days. I forget about 21 days. I'm gonna fast for 30 days. I'm gonna pray and I need to quit this job, but I need permission first. And on those 30 days, I was eating real good because I eat healthy anyway. I was eating really good food. I was praying a lot and I was going to work and I was doing the best job that I can. I was praying a lot and just asking for guidance, mm -hmm. asking for direction. And math is fun. Everywhere I go, I have a calculator because I just like the actual calculators. I'm mm -hmm. doing numbers all the time. I do numbers for my clients. I can run out because why? I'm monetizing things. I always tell people, if you know how to cut onions, I can monetize that. Like anything that anybody do, I can be like, you can monetize it this way, that way you charge this much and that much. And if you do this and if you do that, and it's like, okay, next. Like uh -huh. I can do that. Right. But I needed math to do that. Mm -hmm. And that had to come from my job. I was not going to get that anywhere else. So basically, I extended my position at that job. Because if I had surrendered earlier, I would have gotten better at math earlier. And then I would have been released earlier. But because I was not surrendering to the process because it did not look like I wanted to look and we do that a lot. Well, I want to do this and it's not looking like the way you want to. There's a blessing in there somewhere. There's something that you have to grasp. And now math is my favorite. I talk about it all the time. I do math. I do numbers all the time because <laughs> numbers are fun. Right. Man, I mean, that's amazing because I know, you know, I essentially thought I wanted to be an engineer um, growing up and I went to a, you know, a special school. Well, it was a regular high school, but every high school in our area focused on different things. So the high school I went to focused more on engineering and stuff like that. And then, you know, I went to a trade school and now then I went to a, a community college, you know, to study mechanical engineering. And I've always like fit, like kind of feared math. Like I can do it. I knew I can do it. It's just the part of doing it really made me anxious and had anxiety about doing math, like taking calculus and free calculus and dynamics. And then, you know, those other advanced maths, man, it was just it's crazy, you know, but I always get in that moment before. But once I take the class and, you know, practice and do my homework and take my test, I always turn out good, you know. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to be real good to be able to handle that stuff, though. So. So you must be a math whiz. <laughs> uh, it's just changing your mind about it. It's like when people saying, I'm having the worst day. What are you saying? Everything else that you see is going to be negative because that's what you're saying about yourself and about your day. So you have to be very careful about the things that you say. You're, like your mindset is everything or like that's not going to work. Well, you're right. Whatever you say is right. So if you say something is going to be hard, it's going to be hard. Something's going to be complicated. It's going to be complicated. So I always say, watch what you say in my presence because I don't allow negativity in my, I am very careful in my, in my, in my presence, in my state. Right. And, um, I'm very positive. I remember the day that I got stung by a bee. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never been stung as a child. I, I hate a bees. <laughs> yeah. I got stung by a bee. You know what my first words were like right after, I think I still have the bees stuck to my to my foot i said oh great now i know that i'm not allergic mm -hmm. like right there i could have chosen to say so many things it was at the bottom of my foot so it hurt a lot right but i was fine 
Like I got information. So what is happening that you can use for a positive? And that's the attitude that I have with everything. And that serves me well, because right now we can choose to look at the world a certain kind of way. People 10, 20 years from now may look at this time as the darkest time in, in the world. But what can you, how can you use this time? I know people are writing books more than ever. I know people are starting businesses. People are getting married more than ever now. Mm -hmm. People are doing so many things right now because they have the time. Right. So every situation comes with the blessing. All we have to do is choose to see it and then take advantage of taking steps towards what we say we want. Yes, most definitely. And I kind of look at this time as like a... Um a reset button for everyone and how you were saying, um, you know, we have more time to do certain things. And like my mom was saying earlier, she was like, you know, the blessing that she got from this time is she was able to see us more. Not that we haven't been seeing each other more before this, but she does, you know, we've all noticed that we've, we've been visiting each other more often, you know, and um, it's just a blessing out of everything and we might look at it as, you know, some people are losing their jobs. People are dying. A lot of things are happening. You know, you know, some businesses are going out of business, you know? Um, but for some of us, it is a blessing. And even the people are, that are going through things, you know, we just want to make sure we help them to realize that it will be better and you'll, you'll be in a better place. You know, it's not going to last forever, you know? So, but yeah, this is overall, this has been a lot of blessings throughout this pandemic. And, you know, just want to make sure everybody understands that. Right. And it's not that we're being unsensitive because even if the world, notice my, my speech, the world, not me, even if the world is going through this right now, even if the world wasn't, people are still dying. Right. Businesses are still going out of business. So we're not being insensitive. That continues to happen. But how are you going to let that influence you? Especially like, like if you deal with that personally, my dad just lost his best friend the other day. He had to just got buried um, today's um, Sunday, um, Thursday. Yeah, Very sorry young, to hear that. six, three years old, super healthy. Yeah. Didn't go out or anything. We don't even know how he got it. And he died. And it's really, really sad. But people die every single day. Babies are born every single day. And if we were to dwell in those things forever we wouldn't do anything like we wouldn't leave the, i wouldn't leave my bed if i watched the news i at the beginning of this i watched once once that was enough i'm like whoa i will not be watching this because i don't watch it mm -hmm. whatever i need to find out i'll find out in social media because i need to guard my space i need to i need to guard the information that i consume i guard what i listen to i guard what i watch i guard what i read and i guard where i go to and a friend mm -hmm. of mine used to say he doesn't even eat food from everybody because yeah. you also have to guard like people what they're putting in the food and like where they butter and everything so it's right. knowing knowing that it is so important to guard your space and guard what you see because the world can it's a dark place and a lot of bad things are happening but doesn't mean that you have to consume every negative thing that is happening you just can't right most definitely yeah we just gotta know to yeah those you know some some of those things do affect us but we just don't want it to affect us so much that it affects our lives totally you know i mean we all are emotional people and you know some things make it make us sad and upset and Sometimes we got to think of it, you know, it's like 
I don't want to say it's nothing you can do about it, but it's just this is the life we live, and you just want to just keep people in prayer and just you know try to live your best life the best as you can, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but yeah, let's let's just switch gears a little bit. Um, I know you said you are a writer's coach. Um, so do you help people like write books, or how does that work? Yeah, because I I written so many books. Um, it's something that comes naturally to me. I was always a writer growing up and um, I had to learn English as an adult. And that's why it took me so long to write my first book. It took me 20 years to write my first book because mm. I lost my writing voice and I had to get, you know, I had to learn how to speak the language first. Um, and I developed a process and I'm a writing coach and I'm a ghostwriter. Um, not as much anymore because of time and um, I, I prefer to choose projects that are like really interesting to me because it's a very intimate process. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love helping experts. I believe all of us are experts and all of us have a story to tell. All, all of us, even you, everybody. Yes. And when you use that story to connect with your audience, people don't forget. They can forget facts. They can forget what your title is, the name of your company. Nobody cares about the name of your company. But they care about your story. They care about how you make them feel. So when you use that story to leverage your expertise, and what I mean by leverage is you know how to do something. How do you package that expertise so other people give you money for it? Mm-hmm. That's the power of a story. That like You use that story to say, okay, this is where I've been, what I used to struggle with. I don't struggle with that anymore. And this is what I do and how I help people like you. Step one, two, three, four, five, whatever many steps you have. And then you make it so simple. That's why the book is called Teach Your Easy. Yes. You make it silly, simple for people to say yes. Like I love, well, right now, I don't know how your sleeping pattern is, but my sleeping pattern is up. It's just crazy right now. <laughs> so I find myself, if I want, if I see something online, I want to be able to buy it whenever I'm, uh, I'm up. I don't yeah. want to wait until send you an email and wait until you open. I want to be able to buy things. And that's the power of having a program, having a course that you do it once and that's it. And yeah. you can sell it as often as you want to because you package, because you leverage your expertise. So I went from just being a writing coach to what I call myself a content monetization strategist. You have content, you have a story, you have a process and a system. Let's package that in a way that it's bringing you income on a regular basis. And that that's where the money's at. That's where the, the numbers come in. When you look at what is the need, how can you solve that need? And let's, let's charge some money and let's help some people and let's live life to the fullest. <laughs> Most definitely. That's, that's awesome. Um, and the last thing you said, um, you said you're a, a professional certified life coach and a certified Christian mentor. So how long have you been doing that and how has that been going for you so far? It's funny because I, I, I got certified. I don't know. I was curious about it. I've been coaching since I was 18 years old. People always ask me for advice. I've been always coaching people. I've been a church girl my whole entire life. Like I was born in church probably. Okay, <laughs> um, So I've been coaching people my whole entire life. And um, I just felt like I wanted to get certified just to have it. Like I thought if something was going to change. I did get certified two years ago. And the only thing that changed was my confidence around what I was already doing, you know, having the title. But I've been coaching people, most of the the, the the entrepreneurs that I work with are faith-based because 
you know, you are who you hang out with. So they, they, they feel attracted to me because of my language, because of my background and because of the way I write my books. So most of the people that I work with uh, are faith-based, although I work with a, a lot of people, they don't have to be faith-based. And um, it's, it's amazing to be able to be authentic. I am in the middle of writing um, a couple of things right now, because if you notice that the people that go viral, the people that are being very successful in social media are very real. Right. And, and that can be controversial. They, and I have, I have stopped following two people because they just let go and became themselves and I'm happy for them. It just so happens that they lost me, but they got a whole bunch of people. Right. And that's what we have to be willing to do. And that's been so powerful to me. Like just to think of that example, those people, I was in their circle, but they were not happy because not, they were not being fully themselves a hundred percent, right? right. All of a sudden, somehow they got the courage to be a hundred percent. Imagine how the, the people are very complex. Nobody is just one way. We all have different views and affiliations and desires and lives and wants. And then they let go of this preconceived notion that I, that when I do this, I have to look a certain way, mm -hmm. right? When you let go of that and you realize that when you are you, the you that you know you are when nobody's watching, and you let your hair out, so to speak, and you enjoy your own company and you're comfortable. Like I always say, I have opinions about having opinions. There's some people that don't, don't like me. Now, for me, that's hard to believe, but <laughs> it's true, right? right? And they get to, because their opinion about me is none of my business, right? So the more, and this is something that I'm working on myself, becoming letting go of those, those preconceived notions, okay? And getting even more comfortable in my own skin. The moment that you do that, you become free. And when you become free, you become magnetic. And when you become magnetic, you go viral and people gravitate towards you because you're not you're not putting pe keeping people at arm's length and you're not keeping something back. And you can tell, you meet people, you don't think they're lying, but you can tell not all, there's some walls up. Right. Okay. And next time you meet somebody, you're going to pay attention and you'll notice. But the more we become comfortable with who we are and we just let it all hang out. Okay. When we do that, we attract the right people, people that love you for who you are. Like they, they don't like, they don't love the curated version of you. They don't like the, the PG version. They like the real you. Like if you're a bad dancer, like Elaine from Seinfeld, if you can <laughs> sing for your life, but you still love to sing and you do it anyway, right. you're going to lose some people, but you're going to gain so much more when you let go of what you think you're supposed to be. And that's the magic. And I think that comes, hopefully it doesn't have to come with age with me has come with every year that I get older, I get more and more comfortable with me being who I am. And I, I'm attracting different people. I'm attracting a different vibe. I'm really excited about that because life is short. Like I was 25 yesterday. How am I 20, 44 today? I don't know. <laughs> But I am. Right. I'm happy that I'm 44. But life goes by so quickly. And the sooner we get comfortable with this shell that it is us, with this life that we have to live, the sooner we get to enjoy it. Yes, most definitely. And then, you know, one thing I've always thought about is how you were saying, you know, be comfortable with yourself and don't really care what people think. You know, the 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 less you care about what people think, the more comfortable you'll be with, with yourself and 
the less stress you have, you know, because a lot of us kind of stress out about why doesn't this person like me or why are they saying these things about me, blase, blase. You know, the more you just let that go and just don't care and just be who you are, the less stress you will be. And then, like you said, you might lose some people, but you're a gang. You lose, but you're a gang people too. So that's one thing we all got to remember, you know, this, as long as we stay true to our, you know, our true self, then we'll be, we'll be good. Um, I mean, it's some things that we, that we know we got to work on as our, you know, for our personality, but overall, just stay true to yourself and you'll be good, you know? Right. Just be honest about your journey. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. Right. Like you just said, they, all of us have things to work on, but we don't have to be so secretive about it. Like every book that I have written, it's about something that I have to learn. Every single book that I've written is something that God was dealing with me, that he had to teach me, that I had to let go of, that I had to grow, that I had to learn. And I wrote about it. Like I told on myself because I hate when people come off to you and you're like, wow, they're perfect. Like they never made a mistake. Everything is wonderful. Everything is perfect. Every hair is in the right place and their clothes are like perfect. And you go to their house and you don't want to touch anything because right. you're afraid to take, take the, make a wrong move and break something. I'm not that person. I'm not perfect. I have made mistakes. I will make mistakes. I like things to be, yeah, to be knit and organized, but they don't have to be so perfect. Like I'm not, I don't wait for things to be perfect. I'll just, I'll take a chance. I want to do something. I'm going to try it and see what happens. And then I'll put it out there. If right. I'll fix it later, if that, if not, it's out there making the world a better place. But I'm not going to wait for things to be perfect. They're never going to be perfect. And if they are, you miss the point. You miss the point because mm -hmm. if they're so perfect, you miss the beauty of every day. You miss the beauty of messing up. I always share the example. I don't know if you watched um, Iron Man. And yeah. I don't know which number of Iron Man this is because I really haven't watched that many of them. But when he was making the suit, uh, he made a whole bunch of mistakes. I don't know if you remember. He would yeah, just like crash and burn <laughs> so many times. It was funny, but it really wasn't. And at some point... Um, this guy steals the suit. He steals it. The bad guy steals the suit, yeah. right? And they're in a fight. And he's got another suit. And the guy has the newest, like, juiced up, amazing suit, right? But the guy just got to the end of the suit. The guy did not make it. The guy was not there for all the iterations of the suit, right? Yeah. But Iron Man knew that if he took the suit out of the, the, the atmosphere, out of like the, 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 a certain number of distance from the earth right. that the suit will stop working. But right. the other guy didn't know that because he didn't make this suit, right? Exactly. He didn't go through that experience. So if Iron Man hadn't fallen down so many times and, and broken down and had to make so many suits, he wouldn't have known that and he would have lost the fight. But what he did is he baited the guy to go farther and farther away from earth and then the suit started started working and he went down and he died and which is awesome right mm -hmm. so we have to realize that everything that we go to that we go through gives us information that we we're we're gaining gaining um strategies and 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 tools that we can use later on and they're part of the journey and and the whole point of life is not getting at the end and just having like lived a perfect knit, knit life where everything was great you make no mistakes and you always look forward because you're gonna miss everything else so it's, it's mm -hmm. about knowing that you're going to make mistakes and then in the mistake, ask yourself the question, what am I supposed to learn from this? How can I use this later? I'm human. I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to apologize, which is very important. Apologize, 
learn from it and keep it moving. Yes, most definitely. I definitely agree with everything you just said. Um, yeah, it's, it's been amazing um, talking to you so far. And um, this is my last question. And this is a question that I ask all of my, of my guests. Um, how do you plan to capture the world? Mm, that's a good question. Embracing who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm showing up authentically as I am. And when I do that, I am free to share all my gifts and talents, all of who I am. And when I do that, every time I do that, I connect. I, I make connections with people when I do that. And I think that we were created to be magnetic. And I think we were created to be unique and to be different. And there are so many people already in the world, but it's only one Catherine story. Right. Now, nobody can do this like me. Now, nobody can talk the way I talk. They cannot teach the way I teach. They cannot write books the way I write books. And that is a blessing. So I embrace who I am. And it, it is my hope that as I embrace me and love on me a lot, that I give others the freedom to do the same to embrace who they are and to love themselves so much that there's room for other people to grow and love on themselves too. That is awesome. That is great. Um, Catherine, I really appreciate you um, being a guest on my show. And um, I definitely would like to, um, you know, work with you down the line because, you know, you, you was talking about how to monetize certain things. Shoot. I'm trying to figure out how to monetize this podcast. So <laughs> whatever advice you have, you know, I definitely want to work with you on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's been um, a great talk. And, um, you know, as what you must assess in, in the future and what you have going on. And, um, you know, just stay safe during this pandemic. And, um, and I also want to give a, a shout out to all of our Spotify listeners again, all of our Apple podcast listeners. And, um, you know, I just want y'all to spread the word of the show. And like I said, if you haven't left a review about our podcast, um, leave, leave an honest review. And let us know what you like, what you don't like. And um, I just thank y'all for continuing to rock, to rock with us. And um, yeah, this is episode 39 of the, of the Capture World podcast. And, uh, and Catherine, we would definitely talk soon. We, well, we're going to talk after this podcast is over for a little bit. Um, but yeah, so y'all have a, a great and a blessed day. And um, I'll see y'all next week. All right, y'all have a good one. Peace.